You know, we really just can't seem to help ourselves. As soon as one college basketball season is over, we start speculating about the next one. There's no off-season. The biggest question on everybody's minds, who's declaring for the NBA draft? Who's testing the waters? And who's actually coming back to school? Well, guess what, friends? That's exactly why I'm here, to answer those questions for you. Plus, I'm going to give you a little behind-the-scenes peek at the Final Four, and I've got some more Carolina family stories to share with you, all coming up on today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, April 7th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, beat writer for Sports Illustrated's All Tar Heels site, and it is a great day to be together. I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every single day. And if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch every single day. Please remember that we are free and available anywhere that you get podcasts. If you are watching on YouTube, go ahead, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already done so. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. If you want to find a way to connect with the show, I'd love to ask you to send in some Carolina family stories. A lot of people have been doing that lately, specifically around the Carolina Duke Final Four matchup. What you were doing that night, where you were, I've got some pictures, videos, all sorts of good stuff that I'm going to get to share. And so if you want to be part of that, please send the show, send me a message however you want to. A great way to do it is the show email address, lockedontarheels at gmail.com. Now, if you're watching this video, you might be thinking to yourself, hey self, why is Isaac wearing such fancy regalia? If you're listening to this, that fancy regalia is just simply my Chipper Jones jersey and my Braves hat. I gotta turn it around backwards so I don't have any shadows on my eyeballs. You wanna be seeing my beautiful face today. I know you do, can't deny it. But very seriously, it's opening day of baseball. Never thought we were gonna get there this season, but it's happening. We're here, we're doing it, and you know what? The Braves are about to win back-to-back -back World Series. Mark it down right now. Freddie Freeman, gone, still gonna do it. Doesn't matter, we got Matt Olson now. That's right, what's up with that? Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, we are going to start with a little segment I'm calling Should I Stay or Should I Go? Boop, 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 boop. You've heard the song, you know what's up. Very seriously, though, we're going to start just, just the preliminary looks at Carolina's basketball roster and, and start projecting who we think will stay, who we think will go, who we think will test the waters, who we think will transfer, all of that stuff. And before I even get into it, let me say, I'm not basing this on any of my insider information. Uh, this is just all totally what I think is going to happen as of when we're recording this show. And stuff starts coming out all the time, especially just right in the wake of, of the end of the season. And so who knows, we might start getting information really quickly. There's also some recruiting information on the horizon. We're going to talk about that early in next week, unless it already happens before then, in which case we'll do some kind of emergency pod to get you up to date. Well, 
First off, I want to talk about people on the roster that I think are automatically out. Well, one definitely is automatically out, and that unfortunately is Brady Manick. He has exhausted the very last of his eligibility and will no longer be able to play in college. So, Brady Manick is off to bigger and better things and cannot wait to see what that is. I hope he's been able to parlay just this incredible season into a great pro career. That's not only great for him, that's great for the Carolina program, right? Come here, blow up on the biggest stage, and translate that into the next level. That's great for the program. That's great for Brady Manick. The other person I think is definitely out, drum roll, you can probably guess though, and you don't need a drum roll, is Dawson Garcia. I just don't see him coming back. Um, I, I do think there's more there than meets the eye. Yes, absolutely. The, the family health is a huge part of the conversation, but I, I, I think there's more there. And maybe we'll find that out one day. Okay, I've got a list of five of the players that I think are returning. I would give, well, I'll give each one a little percent of what I think it is. Here's the five in no particular order. Puff Johnson. I'm putting his at 100%. I think Puff Johnson knows he's going to be an integral part of this team. I think he knows that he has a role. I think he knows how much Coach Hubert Davis loves him. Puff Johnson will be back in Chapel Hill next season. Same with Dontrez Styles. I think there was some speculation throughout the season that perhaps he wouldn't return. Uh, but if you've heard quotes and, and things from him, this dude's locked in. I'm giving him a 100% return too. Next up is R.J. Davis. I think R.J. Davis will ultimately test the draft waters because why wouldn't you, right? It just makes sense. I know that used to be a scary thing, but now with, with the way... They've, they've laid things out between the NCAA and the NBA. It just makes sense for anyone who has any remote idea of playing in the league to, to test the waters. And so I think R.J. Davis tests the waters and ultimately comes back. Just a lot of that based on his frame. Um, but man, his game is phenomenal. And I think he's going to get a shot professionally. But I think it would, it would behoove him to just run the team another year. So I'm going to put it back at 90% that R.J. Davis is in Chapel Hill next year. So that's three. Number four, Justin McCoy. I know he didn't get a, a ton of playing time this season. That injury set him back and never really cracked back fully into the rotation after that. However, he essentially was the eighth man throughout the postseason and the, and the end of the regular season as Kerwin Walton was essentially confined to the bench, as was DeMarco Dunn. Um, the, those three of Styles, Puff Johnson, and and McCoy were the three that were getting minutes. And so because of how much Hubert Davis values defense and because of McCoy's background with defense and playing for Virginia, I think he stays around. I'm going to put it at 80% that McCoy is back in Chapel Hill. And my final person that I, I'm going to project back is Anthony Harris. And here's why. I know he's been out the rest of this season and we've never really fully gotten an answer why that is, and yet he's been around. I, I didn't get a chance to talk with him on Monday night before the championship game. He was on the I had walked over to just ask him a couple questions, but he was on the phone. I didn't want to bother him. But I, that in itself, Anthony Harris is there and still involved. That to me says, I'm not playing with the team this year, but I'm also not leaving. That is 
itself enough to tell me he's coming back. And he's got this defense and this athleticism that allows him to be part of, of um, having a role on this team. He had a role on this team before he was out. To me, if he was going to transfer, he'd be gone already. There's no reason to stick around North Carolina. So for me, Anthony Harris is that fifth one who's coming back. Now, the next category of player, we've already locked five in, is the transfer watch. And I've got two players in this category of, of players. I'm, I'm, again, no insider information, just based on role and playing time and other things that, that I'm concerned might transfer out. Number one is Kerwin Walton. Love Kerwin Walton. Great dude. Passionate. Works hard. Has a great shot. But has his struggles defensively. And just because of Coach Davis's emphasis on the defensive side of the ball, <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if if Kerwin at, at the very least considers it and and maybe even transfers out. The other is DeMarco Dunn. Reason being, if Anthony Harris does indeed come back, if R.J. Davis comes back, we haven't talked about Caleb Love yet, but if he's back, not to mention the the freshman coming in, is there a role? Is there a spot for Dunn? I'm not so sure, unfortunately. So to me, we've got these two guys in the transfer watch. And I would say at least one of the two, potentially even both, is not a Tar Heel next season. Obviously, more is going to come out of uh, about all of this as we go. These are just my early reactions and thoughts to it. To it. The two big question marks on the roster in terms of who could return or not return, are Caleb Love and Armando Baycott. I feel like they're in decently similar positions, although I think Caleb Love is the more NBA-ready. Neither, really, though, of these two are showing up in mock drafts. Caleb Love is getting a little more, forgive me, love now because of his NCAA tournament performance, and we know how NBA franchises are suckers for NCAA tournament performances. Um, and so... I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if his stock is at something of an all-time high right now. But but neither of these guys are surefire first-round picks. You never know, right? Think back to Cam Johnson. Who might sneak in and want to grab somebody? But they both obviously should and will test the NBA waters. And um, at the end of the day, my thought is that Caleb Love stays in the draft and that Armando Baycott comes back to Chapel Hill. Ultimately, it's all about NIL money, and that is that is something that helps in this day and age. If a player who might have turned pro even a year ago might now decide to come back because he can make more money in college than he could as a pro. We're going to talk infinitely more about NIL during the offseason because I think it plays a huge role in continuity in college basketball, particularly. But um, for now, just suffice it to say, my, my gut, where I'm going with this, is that Caleb Love is, is not back and that Armando Baycott is. Now, there's someone very important that you notice I've left out, and that is none other than Leaky Black. Leaky Black is a senior this year, but as you may or may not know, every spring athlete was granted a, a extra year because of COVID in terms of eligibility. Now, this season, 21-22, those players could be on a team and not count against the team's scholarship math. However, I've reached out to several coaches around the country, and one thing they all told me is that they, they received um, news information from the NCAA that starting next year, players could still utilize that COVID year, but those players would now start counting against the scholarship math. A team can have 13 total scholarships. So, Leaky Black can absolutely come back, 
but he would be one of the 13 scholarships. And so that's just something to, to keep in mind with all of that. He's hinted all along with, with not saying words that, that he's coming back. Um, and so my thought is that unless just something has drastically changed because of the NCAA tournament run, that Leaky Black is back in Chapel Hill next year. I legitimately think that could happen. He could become the best defensive player in the country. I think he's right there already. It's just people haven't really recognized it until this NCAA tournament run and all its exposure. So I'm going to say Leaky Black is a Tar Heel in 2022-23. <clears throat> so with all of this, we're trying to speculate what what is it that a young man values and cares about? Is it the college experience? Is it NIL money? Is it the relationships he's forming? Is it basketball growth? Is it moving on as soon as possible? As soon as you sniff an opportunity to get drafted, you're gone. Who knows uh, what a young man's intentions are until you've had those conversations. So that's why it's dangerous when we speculate. And so I, I recognize that, that we do today. Um, but that's where we're sitting. That's what we're trying to figure out. So those are all my speculations for who will be back, who's going to leave, and who might be somewhere in the middle in between. And right now, a big question is who all actually can stay in terms of scholarship math? Because we've got, don't forget, there are four incoming freshmen, potentially more with the Gigi Jackson announcement forthcoming and the possibility that he might reclass into the 2022 class as well. So all of that has to be considered, and you might be trying to figure out the scholarship math on the fly right now. Never fear, my friend. I'm going to unpack that next week. I love looking at the scholarship math and what you got to do to make it work. I'll show you a graph that I make. It'll be wonderful. Do not worry. That's coming up early next week. <clears throat> well, as you know, I had the, the incredible opportunity to go to New Orleans for the Final Four this past weekend, and many people have asked me about the experience and what it was like, and tell me some about what goes on behind the scenes. And so I'm like, okay, great. How fun is that to learn about what's going on around and behind the scenes at the Final Four? And so in just a moment, I'm going to tell you about that. But first, I want to talk to you about Athletic Greens. This next partner has a product I know that a lot of people use literally every day. I myself look forward to trying Athletic Greens because I want better gut health and more energy and I hate trying to remember to take pills every day. What is Athletic Greens? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics as well to help you start your day the right way. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, and more. One of the things I love is that Athletic Greens is lifestyle friendly regardless of your diet. Whether it's keto, paleo, vegan, whatever it is, Athletic Greens is there for you. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients like AG1 that your body will actually absorb. The best news is it costs you less than $3 a day and so it's less than getting a coffee at Starbucks or somewhere else like that every day. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free, yeah, free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D 
and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, let me remind you again, if you are tuning in on YouTube, please, if you would, hit that like button, hit the subscribe if you haven't already. If you are listening on a podcast, we'd love for you to go rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. All right, friends, let me give you a little behind-the-scenes look at the Final Four, everything that's going on. First off, we need to recognize, hey, are there any COVID things remaining? Any COVID factors, right? Because it seems like just about everything is back to normal. And there's one notable exception, and that is locker room access. We still do not have locker room access as the media as of yet. And that's unfortunate, um, and because that's where you get a lot of the, the really true, good, open, and honest stories and, and information from players rather than up on the dais at the press conference. But, th- but that's okay. We want to do what we can to protect these young men, and, and so eventually we know that the NCAA will, will change that, and it's coming. The next thing you need to know about the Final Four is it is an absolute who's who of college basketball personalities. We're talking former players, obviously, of the teams playing. I mean, when you look around, yeah, you've got people from Kansas, like like Paul Pierce was awesome. So cool to see him in, in the room on on Monday night. But, what, I mean, you, us, as Tar Heels people, you look, and it's just unbelievable, the, the sea, the flood of Tar Heels there. Tyler Hansborough, Antoine Jameson, Jesse Holly, Theo Pinson, Joel Berry, King Rice, Wes Miller, all, I mean, on and on and on and on and on. It's so cool. Jesse Holly, our guy that's been on the show. So many people, so many floods of teams playing, but also just random basketball players who want to be there, want to experience it. If you keep up with college basketball media, all of those people, literally every one of those people is there. Andy Katz, Jeff Borzello, Jeff Goodman, like all of these people are there. Other media, the people hosting the games uh, or uh, announcing the games, for example, Grand Hill, Jim Nance, Bill Raftery, who is the kindest, sweetest man. I just happened to be walking back behind TBS's um, station where they sit while they're broadcasting, and Bill Raftery turned around, and I didn't even address him. He just said, hi, I'm Bill. What's your name? And stuck out his hand. So kind, so kind, incredible. Um, but but all these other people, they're broadcasting um, Tracy Wolfson, the sideline reporter, is there. Bill Walton is on the radio call, and he's walking around all hugeness of him. So you just got all this media. Pretty pretty crazy there. Um, coaching staffs get free tickets to the Final Four if they are part of the NABC, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. And so you see a lot of coaches there from other schools that aren't in the tournament anymore. Um, pretty neat for me. I, I went to an NAIA school called Milligan College, now Milligan University, in the northeast corner of Tennessee. And so the whole basketball staff was there. And so I got to have lunch with them on Monday and just sit and talk about life and basketball and all sorts of stories. What's really cool is my small NAIA school, Milligan College, Milligan University, actually has some pretty cool ties to North Carolina. And so I'm actually going to work this summer some on putting a piece together on that. There's also celebrities there. Uh, Just one example, Jamie Foxx walked right by me one time on the floor and was like, oh, hey, Jamie Foxx, good to see you, sir. So 
The next thing you need to know about the final four, you, you've probably heard this. If you haven't experienced it in person, it's a real thing. It is so spread out. The playing surface is elevated. As you know from TV, the players have to actually walk up to get to it from the bench area. We can walk up to it. We have court access as media. Obviously not when the game's going on, but beforehand uh, we can stand up there, get pictures and other things like that. The NCAA is really, really strict on taking video, and so you have to be careful with that. Um, and so, But pictures are okay. You're able to do that. And so it's neat to have all that all that access, but everything's so spread out. There's student sections, but even they are pretty far back from the court. There are media seated uh, at court side, um, but there's also most of the media section is back behind one of the student sections. And then remember, the Final Four is always played in a football arena, so it's just huge and spread out. Um, also, uh, another thing about the Final Four behind the scenes is just the media, what it's like to experience that. Um, you might have heard me say, or, or you might have seen it elsewhere, that I said, this was my first experience going to the Final Four. Um, I've been writing for Sports Illustrated for, <laughs> I put a weird emphasis on that, Sports Illustrated, Sports Illustrated, for a couple years now, but it's been all in the midst of COVID, so I haven't gotten to go to the Final Four until now, and so this was my first experience. So, just to kind of take you into what what the media is able to do, there's a huge, um, you just go into this big room, there's kind of a, it's makeshift with pipe and drape everywhere, and you walk in, at, at least this is how it was set up in New Orleans, off to your right is kind of a buffet area, where they always have at least snacks and drinks, there's this huge wall of Coke, you know that Coke is one of the big corporate sponsors for the final four, for the NCAA tournament in general, and they always have like coffee and tea and some snacks out. But then they also service meals. It's very kind. Uh, does a great job taking care of us. And so it was neat. We had some New Orleans type meals, but also pizza at night and other things. There's always snacks and goodies in there. You have to scan your media credential to do that. Um, I would love to show you my media credential, but I can't. Um, you're not allowed to put it out on social media. And for... Uh, getting it revoked if you do. And so forgive me, I can't uh, like do one of those with it. Um, also, uh, so there's the buffet off to the right. Dead in front of you is just this open big area. It's kind of like a bullpen at a newspaper company where just you can set up shop. They have outlets and, and plugins for ethernet. And you just write your name on the table for which spot you want. And then you can use that same spot all week. They have TV set up so you can see the CBS feed or the TBS feed or whatever you're watching. And then also in this same big area is the actual interview room where press conferences happen. And so um, we can go in there. And also they have just, as you walk to the interview room, there's a big long line of papers, all the box scores, all the play-by-play, -play, media guides, all that kind of content, which I just grabbed a bunch of because it's fun to have. And they had some little trinkets for us. You might have heard the history. There's always a final four pin that you can get. So I grabbed one of those, got a couple extra uh, for my kids, maybe even some to give out for, for trivia winners. That'd be fun. And so that's just kind of the, the media work area. Um, after credential at all times, they're always constantly checking to make sure where you go. It's there, And there's an interesting, like there is this collegiality amongst, hey, we're all in this together, but there also is a lot of jockeying for position amongst the media, as you would imagine, of who's going to get the best quotes, who's going to 
be the first one to ask a question. Who's going to get the best seats? Uh, and getting feelings hurt if you don't get to sit where you wanted to. Because they assign us seats out in the arena. And so you have to sit at a very specific spot. And there's a seating chart and it tells you where to go and all that. Uh, it's interesting the various personalities in the media. Some are, are very dialed in and buckled down. Don't have any fun just working hard. Some work hard to get their work done and then go have a good time. Some just kind of have a good time. Maybe not have as many responsibilities or things like that. And so you just got a broad spectrum. So it's really neat. Got to meet uh, so many different media people. And it was an honor to like different podcasts I listen to. Um, different writers that I read. Super, super cool. Um, got to have just very kind people. And so that was wonderful for me. Uh, you might have heard of all the branded stuff that the NCAA has. And that, that's a reality. The cup thing is real. You can't take like, even though Coke is a corporate sponsor, you can't take a can of Coke out into the arena. You have to pour it into one of the NCAA sanctioned cups and take it with you. Um, and to also in terms of branded stuff, it's really interesting. There's logos for everything everywhere, but as soon as the game is over, they're flipping it around. So as soon as the Kansas Villanova game was over Saturday, they changed a lot of the different, um, things that had logos on it to Carolina and Duke. Also, as soon as the team loses, their stuff is gone. Like the, the Duke locker room was changed over completely by the time we were back in the arena Sunday for media availability. So that was pretty, pretty crazy. And then in terms of access, I, I mentioned we weren't allowed to go in locker rooms yet, but basically we can go anywhere else. We can go on the court, as I said, when it's appropriate to do so. Um, but you can basically position yourself anywhere you want to go. I was able to find like what tunnel the players and coaches were going to come out of. So I just stood right there in the line of fire and got great video of Coach K walking out for his what we now know, last ever game, literally walked right by me. I mean, could have reached out and touched him. Same with Coach Davis. All this all this crazy stuff. You're able to see all those. And uh, it's just really neat to get to have a front row seat for history, honestly. Um, history is made every year at the Final Four, but particularly this year with Coach Davis's first year, Carolina's run, and Coach K's last year. And so pretty neat all around on that. The last thing I want to say about behind the scenes of the Final Four is it is a big, huge, freaking production. I mean, there's just so much going on all the time. They've done, while the NCAA has a lot of things that it's not great at, they do a great job putting this event together, which makes sense. It's their biggest event every year. Remember, college football playoff is not run by the NCAA. It's its own entity. So this is the NCAA's biggest thing every year. And so they're doing everything they can to pull it and bring it together well. And they do a great job with that, right? It's known as one of the single best sporting events every year on the sports calendar. And so that's great. Good job there, NCAA. And so it was great to get to be part of that Carolina family story. And we've got a bunch more Carolina family stories rolling in today. I want to share another one or two with you right after I tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. So find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, plus podcasts and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, eSports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and action. 
Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, I've got two short, uh, just little one paragraph, one paragraph blurbs from Carolina Family Stories, and then one longer one for today. This first one co- comes from Joe Shadowins. Came to me on Facebook about a vacation that he was on. He says this. Hey, Isaac, never thought about it, but back when we booked our trip a year ago, but I'm in Naples, Italy right now on a family trip six hours ahead of the East Coast time back home. Now, here's what's cool. Here's why I wanted to read this. I set alarms to wake up at 2.45 a.m. Italy time to watch my heels, and that's for the final four for the Duke game he's talking about. Would not, all caps, have missed it for the world. Looking forward to getting up at 3.15 a.m. Tuesday morning to watch the Heels beat Kansas for the national championship. Hashtag number eight. Hashtag go Heels. And uh, that's great. So Joe sent that in between uh, the Saturday and and Monday games. And obviously we know now that Kansas won. But really cool. Joe was on this family vacation, but making the time to, to get up and see Carolina in real time. This next one, next short story, is from Mary Mercer. And this one is is funny in that I think a lot of us probably do similar things to this. And so here's what Mary says. For the last few minutes of the game, this is the Duke game, I was hunched over, two crosses in my hand, a palm cross and a cross necklace, praying. I couldn't watch, only checking the Heels House feed and Twitter. Once I saw the final score posted, I screamed and checked every social media outlet possible. Sleep wasn't too much of an option last night. So that came in on Sunday. Thank you, Mary, so much. That's hilarious. Uh, I I feel you on that. And then one story that uh, a little bit longer, and it's another Carolina legit family story. And so I want to read that, and that'll be it for today's show. This is from Sarah George. Sarah says, I saw your post on Facebook asking for Tar Heel fan stories from watching our Iron Five and Coach Davis ending the career of Duke's Lord and Savior Coach K last night. That's so funny. It might not be that exciting to you or others, but it is to me and I'll tell anyone who listens. A little background. The second my mother birthed me, she instilled Carolina Tar Heels into every part of my life. She lives for UNC. Her daddy and brothers all went to Carolina undergrad and and law school and played rugby, so she was brought up the same way. Her and her dad were stuck like glue, and the highlight of their relationship was the Tar Heels. And now that my grandpa is gone, she and I have carried that torch to keep the tradition alive. I wasn't with her last night, even though she lives just 10 miles away. Only because my husband is a Duke fan, and we don't bring that juju into her house. If he tried to step foot in there yesterday, she would she would have cussed him all the way back out the door. No one is allowed in our house either when Carolina plays, especially during the tournament, except my best friend, Mary. We pulled out all the superstitions for this game, from the snacks, the clothes, the permanent watching positions in the living room, her on the right side of the love seat, and me at the end of the hallway because I don't sit down during games, all of it. We were a wreck, shaking, trying to open snacks for my daughter, fumbling on words. We couldn't get it together. Let me just insert, I was shaking too, just the energy in the arena, so crazy. Okay, back to the story. Then it started. I was rather composed until after halftime, and I just had a feeling I needed to move somewhere else to watch the game. Go where you go and do what you do, Sarah. 
So I went outside on my back porch and watched through the storm door while waking up every neighbor around me, I'm sure. Seven minutes left, I knelt down on my pollen-covered porch and didn't move. I closed my eyes at one point and thought about my grandpa. And as clear as day, picture of him in just in a Carolina, excuse me, in a Carolina sweater with his full-length grin came to my mind. And I just thought to myself, this is fate. We have to win this. At that moment, I opened my eyes and Caleb Love made that beautiful three. And I just kept saying over and over and over again, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. (laughs) I immediately called mama, ugly crying, and we both said at the same time, I thought about Max, my grandpa, the whole game. And then we proceeded to say every word under the sun while laughing as we watched Coach K and his sore loser players walk off the court. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. My staple outfit may have a shade of yellow all over it, but dadgummit, I'll be wearing it again tomorrow night to pull for our Iron Five. And I'll be sure to close my eyes one more time to hopefully see the picture of my grandpa Max. To reassure me, he's right beside me, cheering them on too. And Sarah says, it's a darn good day to be a Tar Heel. Let's do this. Thank you so much, Sarah, for that great story. Uh, thanks for sharing about your grandpa, Max, and your relationship with your mom. That's really neat, and I think is just another one of those stories that a lot of us uh, and a lot of Tar Heels can identify with. Well, that is it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Please go subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter, at Locked on Heels, and follow me on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it right here. If you're listening, at Isaac Shade, I-S-A-A-C-S-C-H-A-D-E. Don't forget, you can send us an email. Send us some Carolina family stories to LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Well, coming up tomorrow on Friday's show, it is going to be spring football game eve. And so what are we doing to prepare? Well, I'm going to have a former Carolina football player on the show with me, Patrick Marsh, who played in the early 2000s, to help unpack what it's like to go through spring practice, what the spring game is like, just so that we're not going to preview the the game as we normally would for for a football game. But I thought it would be helpful to just get an opportunity to see the game through Patrick's eyes. So thank you so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every single day. And now as we think about the Carolina spring game, let's talk about making Locked on NFL draft your second listen. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available anywhere you get podcasts. I just want to thank you all so much for spending part of your Thursday talking Carolina sports and Carolina stories with me. And remember, it really is a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace! Peace!